Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Youth Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaren. What is up, guys? Today, we're going to be diving into the Mavericks' third ball handler situation. There are obviously rumors of Faku Campazzo, um potentially signing a one-year deal with the Mavericks, as Mark Stein reported. Uh, that seems to be on the horizon. That seems to be the most likely scenario. But there are also some different things, such as a tweet from Brad Townsend earlier detailing that uh, Nico Harrison's thoughts on the third ball handler situation that would imply that the Mavericks may be leaving it open. But, you know, obviously, while Composo is the most likely scenario, we'll be getting into what the map, what you think the Mavericks are doing with the third ball handler situation and what they should do, in our opinion, with the third ball handler situation. We're also going to cover uh, Josh Green's future with the Mavericks, just kind of how we project him. Um, obviously, he's had a really good training camp in preseason, but he, uh, the Mavericks just recently elected to exercise his team option on the last year of his rookie contract, which will be his fourth year. So we have at least uh, this season and the next season of Josh Green. Um, so we're going to be getting into if we think he's going to stick around, just kind of our general thoughts and um, summation of uh, Josh Green's contract um, is um, the fourth year being exercised. But before we do that, here's an ad from our sponsor, Anchor. All right, Jaren, so getting into it, looking at Josh Green here, we have a guy here who obviously has got better in his first two years since he's been on the Mavericks and the Mavericks are elected to exercise his um, team option for the 2023-2024 season. And he, um, so obviously that bodes him two more years with the Mavericks. And I believe he's going to hit restricted free agency um, in that 2024 off season. I believe that's how the way the first round pick thing works out. I had to confirm on Twitter that, um, that wasn't like a Jalen Brunson scenario, I believe, because Jalen Brunson was a second round pick when the Mavericks exercised his team option that gave him the ability to become an unrestricted free agent. Hence, this whole debacle that we just had with him going to the Knicks and everything like that. But I don't believe it's the same rules um, in terms of how Josh Green works, if I'm correct. No, yeah. Um, I guess just kind of in terms of like <clears throat> how, I guess, like how he's going to work on this team, or I guess what this team kind of thinks of him now is like, Clearly, I mean, after this exercise, like he's going to be coming back for his fourth year on his rookie deal. Um, I think that this is kind of like a prove it year for Josh, of course. Like he's coming to this offseason, uh, coming to this training camp, and like things look bright. Things look really bright for the season for him and for this team uh, in terms of his role. Uh, and with that being said, I think that the team kind of believes so. And they're kind of, I guess, this is their sense of like, all right, dude, like you got to put on the floor now. Uh, and they, I guess he really has two years to prove it. Uh, now, in terms of his future, I don't really know, like, what in terms of future, because, like, I feel like with, with this deal, it's kind of tradable, uh, or maybe not tradable, but, like, there, there's things you can work around it, uh, but I feel like this was kind of a move for the Mavericks to be like, all right, like, let's see what you can do on the court this year, uh, give it another year, and, like, Again, I mean, I feel like he's going to be a restricted free agent because that works out how the first round draft picks with their contract. Um, but yeah, I mean, like in terms of the Mavericks perspective, I just think that this is like them. I don't want to say having, I guess, like blind belief in him, but in a sense, like this is some sort of confidence, I feel like, 
that the Mavericks are kind of giving towards Josh Green? No, yeah, 100%. This is obviously the Mavericks instilling um, confidence in Josh Green, you know, obviously over the course of the next two years. But at the same time, you know, it's team friendly for them to have a team option on the fourth year. Um, you want to be able to, in case Josh Green does blow up this year and, you know, does step into that, you know, distinguished uh, third three and D player on this roster, whatever you want to call it, adds ball handling to his game in any capacity. You want to be able to, you know, still have that flexibility to, you know, not start talking extensions or free agency or any of that for another year or so. I definitely understand it. I agree with it, especially given, um, you know, Josh Green's training camp and preseason. You know, now's the time to, you know, knock that in on that team option. I mean, you can do it anytime because it's a team option, but, you know, just for the assurance, you know, in case another team um, gets him that they're going to have him on that team option as well. Um, so just, I mean, I guess that really doesn't matter too much because they can always exercise that, but, you know, it's just not really taking any much from, you know, too much from this move, um, barring that it happened and, you know, it's kind of expected. Um, what do you think that, um, what are your thoughts on Josh Green in terms of the Mavericks flexibility to be potentially trading him uh, going forward? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, it kind of just depends on his production this year. Uh, I feel like that's honestly an obvious answer. Um, you know, what we've seen this training camp coming out and what we've seen this preseason, I feel like it's kind of pretty promising for what we're going to see on the court this season. It seems like he's going to kind of have an elevated role uh, with what Nico and Jason Kidd have been talking about him and really from what we've seen in preseason. Uh, it seems like he's going to be kind of like having this elevated hybrid ball handler, 3 and D kind of player role. Um, I guess just, you know, in terms of flexibility for a trade, like if everything does turn out to be good, I think that you have to roll out all your marbles on the table and maybe Josh Green becomes some sort of valuable trade piece for a young enticing team that wants to get rid of some decent player. I don't know if I'd quite call it a second star. I don't know if we're like in the ballpark for that. Um, but if they want to trade a guy like San Antonio or something, maybe they want to get some young piece back throwing Josh Green. Uh, you get uh, like, I don't know, I'm just throwing names out Devin Vassell or whoever, um, they come to the Dallas Mavericks. And again, I mean, that kind of unloads that other team into the quote unquote, Victor women Yama sweepstakes. So I feel like Josh Green is kind of an enticing trade piece, assuming he hits this season, because a lot of teams are probably looking for younger assets or draft picks. And I think a younger asset in the terms of Josh Green would probably bode well with some of these teams like Utah or San Antonio or any of those, any of the teams that are looking to tank. So like, I, I just feel like, if everything does hit, I feel like he's probably going to be a pretty valuable trade piece. And I feel like we could probably get some valuable things because it seems like these lower teams are kind of desperate to get lower. So, No, I, I completely understand. I, I think that a Josh Green trade is going to work one, two ways personally. I think, you know, Josh Green, you know, he either finds an equal medium where, you know, the Mavericks want to keep him because he's playing really good. Or if he does get traded, it's the, the first scenario would essentially be, that he, you know, becomes so good that he's able to become almost like one of the headliners in a package for, you know, a player like that second star type. And who knows if that would be, you know, for a team trying to get worse or better, if they're just, you know, yeah, disgruntled player. You never know how that situation can pan out. Um, the second option, like you said, obviously would maybe be like Josh Green and draft compensation for one of those, you know, not second star type players, but a contributing role player on one of those teams that's tanking. Um, that, that would be assuming maybe, that Josh Green 
still has a good season, but he's looked at as more of a prospect versus a guy who can actually come in and contribute to winning. Yeah. Because it's, you know, not what these teams are looking for in terms of the lottery teams um, this upcoming season that are in route for the Wimbanyama sweepstakes. You know, Bobby Marks on ESPN came out and said that, you know, this is going to be, or it might have been Woj, that this is going to be a race to the bottom, unlike we've ever seen before. So, you know, it honestly, you know, with the whole play-in tournament and everything, we've had a lot more buyers at the trade trade deadline than normal. Um, but obviously with this um, Wimbanyama sweepstakes, um, we're going to have a lot more sellers than usual these last two years. So, I, you know, and if I had to project, I honestly think that we might see more trades this coming trade deadline. Yeah, I think we might see the the worst, or I guess the bad teams get worse and the good teams get better. I, I like earnestly believe that. Um, I just feel like in terms of Josh Green, like I feel like if we're being honest here, like I, I do think that there is some sort of trade coming at some point in the season. And if Josh Green isn't, he's either overproducing or overproducing, but not doing enough. I guess to really be make an impact or a huge impact on this team, or he's underproducing and just not being what we thought he was going to be or what we need him to be, then I feel like either way, he's probably going to be included in a trade package. I feel like um, just in terms of like a low contract, he's probably the most enticing guy on this team. He's one of the um, only valuable assets the Mavericks have in terms of younger guys. And yeah, that's why I think his name gets thrown out there so much. But, you know, I obviously like, we want to preface that the best case scenario is for Josh Green to hit and that he doesn't get traded and that he actually becomes a guy who maybe in even a year or two has the ability to start as that as one of the three D wings, you know, for the Mavericks. And, you know, as an essential player in this lineup, you know, he's a first round pick. You draft guys like that for a reason. And then, you know, that moves like a, a Reggie Bullock, for instance, down to the bench. I'm not saying that's going to happen this year or anything like that, but, you know, that would be so um like wildly important in terms of this Mavericks team's um defensive um capabilities and you know their ability to rest guys in the playoffs if a guy like Josh Green hit for instance yeah but, um you know we're not vouching for him to get traded by any means we love Josh we're excited for what he's going to do this upcoming season we both think that he's he, he's improved a lot and we're excited to see how he gets after but we're just you know talking about the you know some of the uh ramifications that this could entail yeah uh like I guess just asking questions here uh i have no idea what kind of contract Vassell or kelton johnson and i keep bringing up the spurs because i feel like they're the worst team in the league here um like again i mentioned i don't know what kind of contract kelton johnson is on but i feel like um just in terms of assets like i feel like josh green probably be decent compensation uh probably that first and Again, I mean, if he's a bigger contract, which yeah, I you feel like he obviously have to throw in some picks in yeah, there. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Some salary matchers. I, don't, I think Vassell is still on a rookie scale deal as well. He, I mean, he, I believe he was in the same draft as Josh Green. Uh, maybe. Or a year before, one of the two. So, I mean, um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm moving the whole needle. You know, I know this wasn't really the point you were trying to make, but I'm not probably moving the house to get go get Devin Vassell with just Josh Green. Uh, I don't know if they're, like, really too far off. In terms of talent, and while I do think Vassell is a better player, uh, but you know, if like a Calvin Johnson, for instance, that would be a lot more enticing, in my opinion, if that scenario were to come up. But we'll, I mean, that's obviously far fetched. So we'll kind of see how everything plays out this season. Um, next up, Jaron, do you want to go ahead and get into the um, third ball handler situation here with the Mavericks? And um, per Mark Stein, the uh, Mavericks are in the go um, advanced discussions with Faku Composo after. 
some uh, previous day of you know potential like rumblings. We think that may have leaked from Composite's agent that the Mavericks, um, you know, are, are kind of awaiting their options. Um, they may offer Composo a contract within the next, you know, however many hours, or they might seek elsewhere, you know, before this training camp comes to an end. Um, I just want to get your general thoughts on that. Um, what are your, so it, it seems like Composo is kind of locked into VMF here. Um, it's not official. We want to preface that nothing's official here, but what are your general um, thoughts on the Mavericks uh, seemingly, um, I guess, if you want to call it finding a solution to their third ball handler situation um, by signing Composo to um, a supposed one-year deal. Yeah, okay. So I, I'm more of a optimist, I feel like, in terms of everybody on Twitter and uh, Will here. I feel like I'm more of an optimist than him. Um, my big thing is, like, look, like the ball handler's position is a need on this team. It's a clear need. And does he fill that entirely no he doesn't at all and to be honest like we have a roster spot open I would like to use it for someone different of course but if Faku Kampazo is the only quote-unquote solution uh to this ball handler situation then I don't want to say sign me up because that sounds really happy but um look I'll, I'll take it uh again I mean he'd be on a one-year deal uh probably no I know of at minimum I don't know what kind of at minimum he qualifies for uh, he would just be the lowest one. He's only been in the league for like two years. I mean, even though he is uh, 31 years old, it's not a you know product of him being a career NBA guy. He's been a, obviously at Real Madrid for a while. Um, you know, came from Argentina. Yeah. So does he have some sort of career re resurgence in the history point? I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just throwing jokes out here. But no, like my my big takeaway negatively is like, to me, this is the message that the Mavericks are sending is that Falco Composo is a better player than Goran Dragic. And in I don't in infinity amounts of universes where Goran Dragic and Falco Composo both play basketball, that is that will never be the case. Um, I mean, Composo, I believe he averaged five, no, three assists. Um, and I'm going off of last year's numbers. Uh, three assists and five points and a steal. And like, you might be like, oh yeah, we're just like somewhat defensively good. And that could be farther from the truth. Um, he's a really bad defender. He's 5'10", severely under undersized, especially for this Mavericks roster where Jaden Hardy is the smallest guy at 6'4". Uh, and I, I just- Unless McKinley Wright gets signed. Oh, okay. Unless McKinley Wright gets signed, which honestly looking at it now, like I'd rather have McKinley Wright. I feel like just potentially wise, I'd rather have McKinley Wright. Um, now you, you have to like bring this up into question. Is this more of a Luca move than anything? And I feel like there's some discussion to be made there. I don't think it is. Uh, but then again, I mean, they were teammates in Real Madrid. I don't really know how close they are. I don't know if they were like best buds or anything like that. Um, but again, I mean, you get another guy on here that his sole basic thing is facilitating. He does nothing other than that. So again, I mean, there's not a huge negative and there's not a huge positive because at the end of the day you can't just cut them uh but again like it, it looks like it's going to be Faku Kapaza as his 15th roster spot not happy but not overly mad about it yeah I don't know I I, I guess took it a little bit more um hastily from my perspective you know the Mavericks it, it's just a it's a basically false advertisement to the fans um, when you come out time and time again this offseason 
Um, you know, at one point, Mark, you've been talking about, you know, the potential of just leaving the roster spot open. Um, you know, obviously the reports that surfaced in the Dragic thing. And look, like, we don't know who the Mavericks actually, because, you know, you can say, oh, there's all these available players on the market, but, like, we don't know who the Mavericks actually had the potential to get, who is also interested in the Mavericks as long as well as them being interested in um, them. But, you know, you just look at, like, so many of these guys. I'm like, I'm not saying any of these guys are the savior. I'm not saying that any of the guys that we could have gone the, you know, ball and nowhere market are going to come in and move the needle for the Mavericks. I don't think that that was readily available to them this offseason. I think that they, once they lost Jalen Brunson, that they had to compensate um, and whatever they were going to get in return was going to be much worse. But I did think they could at least find a better solution in the short term than the, what they've surmised. You know, there was uh, trade avenues that we have discussed at length for them to potentially go get a Mike Conley. Um, there was avenues for them to go get, you know, some other guys who sure are not going to move the needle whatsoever, but, you know, some of them may have better potential. Um, some of them may um, at least like provide a little bit more stability in terms of their all around play, even if they may not be as good of a playmaker as Composito. Um, you know, you look at like an Eric Bledsoe type guy, you know, sure he struggled from three from his career, but he can at least facilitate decently and he can play good defense. Um, I would have, you know, much rather have had that sort of guy to fill in this role versus a Faku Kampazu. I would have even much rather had a Dennis Smith Jr., a guy who at least, you know, projects a little bit developmentally where you can maybe still wreak something from this guy. You know, Kampazu is almost 32 years old. Um, you know, I get the appeasement if you're trying to, like, mend the Bobon wound or, you know, as, like, Bobon was the mend to the wound of Sala Mejri, where you want to have – a guy that Luca can relate to, you know, a fellow um, typically European guy that, you know, he had developed some past relationship with or is kind of close with, you know, I get that whole thing. If that's, you know, what you're using, exercising this 15th roster spot for, that makes a little more sense to me. But if this is an addressment of the third ball handler issue, it just is, you know, really a disrespecting, uh, move in my opinion by the by the Mavericks or maybe not disrespecting it's not the right word but maybe a a blind move in light of um you know the endeavors that they took forth this offseason they you know said that Dragic wouldn't have a role in this team so you know it's really just gonna have to see how it plays out if Composite doesn't play a significant role and you know this is more just posturing by the Mavericks you know just kind of wanting to get a guy in that can relate to Luca and, you know, they're still kind of like on their whole ball and or by committee thing. And, and this is simply just a guy to fill out the roster. That's one thing. That's where I can, you know, definitely appeal more to the arguments of fans who are like, Oh, this isn't a big deal at all. Why are you guys getting all press? It's just the 15th guy on the roster. But if the Mavericks try to, you know, really instill Composo as this, you know, first ball and or off the bench since, now we did get in a confirmation contrary to our last pod um, that Spencer Dinwiddie actually is starting. That report came out. I guess it was misconstrued. Uh, misconstrued. Um, Jason Kidd um, apparently had kind of like misworded that per Dorothy Gentry. And, um, you know, as it was reported by Landon Thomas. Um, but unfortunately, that that um, that is not the case. And I mean, you know, take take that how you will. I was kind of indifferent. I was kind of on the optimistic side of anybody coming out the bench from the perspective that you can still stagger the minutes, but you mean you can still do that with them starting to, to an extent. So I'm not really too pressed about this, but you know, if Composo is going to be that third guy, 
that that first ball handler off the bench, as we would, you know, currently have to presume that he he is going to be. That is where uh, my hesitation, you know, just lies with this, and I just don't know how excited I am for this move because, you know, like like we've said, he barely shot over thirty percent on threes, barely shot, you know, thirty six percent from the field. Um, got a couple assists a game, a few points a game, and he projects really bad defensively. I mean, he's a quick little guy, but I mean, he's only five ten. Um, and we can actually say little this time. So. Yeah, I'm I'm tall. I mean, I'm not tall whatsoever, but I'm five eleven, so I'm I'm probably I'm at least a little taller than Composer, maybe. I mean, we'd have to stand back to back, and Jaren's taller than him definitively. Um, but you know, it's it's just like. You know, he doesn't have the wingspan or athleticism like McKinley Wright, a guy at 5'11", who can actually, you know, still kind of hold his own. When you're, when you're that small in defense, you have to have something that can, you know, overtly compensate to an extent and help you out, you know, just whether it be wingspan or athleticism or effort. And, you know, Composito really doesn't have, doesn't any, have of any of those. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't have any of those three. So, um, you know, with the whole defensive identity of the Mavericks have sort of formed, you know, I, I do find this being an interesting schematic fit and an interesting signing. This almost seems very Donnie Nelson-esque, Donnie Nelson-esque um, from the front office, you know, like, oh, it's bringing an international guy. I love our international guys, which I get. Uh, I love international basketball and the, you know, spreading in which it's done and all of that stuff. But it almost seems, seems like it's just a Luca appeasing move. And if that's the case and he doesn't get much clock, I'm all here for it. Right? Yeah, that's fine. But if, if Composo is the, primary like third ball in or on this team um that's where i'm gonna start to raise my eyebrows and you know i don't i think it's very fair to criticize the mavericks if that's the case you know because that has effects on where the mavericks are going to lie in the standings if you're in the camp that you know this isn't a big deal um then you know you're probably operating under the assumption that he's gonna be the 15th man on the roster but just because he's the last guy signed doesn't mean he's the last guy in the rotation yeah like uh, that's a good point you bring up. Just because he's the last guy signed doesn't mean he's he is the last guy in the rotation. Um, like I, I I do feel as though like if Falco Composo is signed and he is going to have this ball handler facilitator type title under his name, uh, do you think Jaden Hardy or Josh Green still get more minutes at the ball handler position? Or I don't even want to call it a ball handler position, but more minutes just with the ball in their hands than we would see Composo. Because to be honest, I don't see Composo playing every game if if this were the case. Well, you know, that's why I said I'd, I'd hope that the Mavericks still approach that ball in order by committee thing just because of how much of a liability Composo is in other areas of his game. You know, I'd rather sacrifice a little bit of ball handling and um, get a Josh Green or even Jaden Hardy minutes out there just to get them to develop more. You know, I, I just feel like personally that would be – more effects to the team, even if in some situations, Composo's, you know, veteran leadership and his playmaking more may help the Mavericks more. But I, you know, that's just me, um, just my take on it. You know, I could see people having differing opinions on that. Um, but, you know, you asked if um, it would like negate some of the minutes that those guys would play. I don't really know if, you know, if it would, you know, like we look at a quote by Nico Harrison today, he came out on the ticket uh, Brad Townsend just reported about an hour ago, and it was essentially, you know, when talking about the third ball handler thing, he said he wasn't even concerned that Josh Green and Frank are going to be the guys to fill that void. You know, it's interesting because Frank has not had really any playmaking yeah. duties in the preseason. Uh, you know, we've seen him obviously play, you know, in a more of a three and D role 
but I haven't seen him exercise as a ball handler whatsoever in the preseason. I mean, he's got a couple, maybe it's straight line drives to the basket, but no, like bringing the ball up or anything like that. So it's interesting that they keep bringing his name up. You know, I don't really know what they're going for there. I don't know if that's false advertisement or, you know, just trying to appease everybody or what, but I mean, go for it. But yeah, to me, to me, Frank Nielakina is sort of obsolete on this roster right now. Yeah. Yeah. I would you know. I mean, to an extent, yeah, I would agree. Unless his three point shooting and defense really just becomes so good that, you know, you have to start playing him. But I mean, we'll have to just see how that plans out. But like, yeah, I would agree that he's probably um, obsolete right now and he's kind of redundant. But, um, you know, I don't know if it necessarily limits the um, minutes of Josh Green or a Jaden Hardy, for instance. But it's just kind of funny that, um, you know, Nico came out and said that. And, you know, he can't actively discuss if he's going to sign a player. Um, but it's interesting to me that he, you know, came out and said that Josh Green and Jane Hardy stuff, even if Composo is still on the horizon to get signed, you know, it at least gives me maybe a little bit of optimism that, oh, like Composo is not going to have an essential role in this team that the fact that he said that. So, you know, well, that, that, that does, you know, you know, bode for me to be more optimistic. That doesn't necessarily mean, you know, he could just be not saying anything because, they're still in active contract negotiations with Composo, so they don't want to, you know, release anything in terms of him being the third ball handler. But, you know, we'll just have to see how it plans that pans out. You know, it's obviously not a favorable situation, um, you know, especially with, you know, telling Goran Dragic that he'd barely play any games. Um, if Composo comes in and starts playing a lot right away, that that's definitely going to be a tough sell to the fans, but we'll kind of see how everything goes. Look, I, I'll definitely point this out. If Composo signed to a one-year veteran minimum deal, like, I'm not going to be the happiest person on the world, but I'm not going to be the worst. Or I'm not going to be the mad person. Well, I can't write it, whatever. Um, but if he signed to anything like a two-year, uh, I don't know, like three or $4 million deal, like oh. that that one, bring out the pitchforks. Like, <laughs> we're, oh, going, yeah, we're going to Victory started. Park. We're <laughs> We're going to Victory Park, the plaza, and we're, we're raising hell. If, if Composo got signed to a multi-year deal in any sort of facet, that would, that would definitely rub me the wrong way. I mean, look, there's really not too many guys left on the market right now. You know, you look at a guy like Eric Bledsoe, I would much rather have. There's obviously some other smaller names. Teo Maladon, who just got released by the Rockets. He's a young flyer, 6'5", defensive kind of guard type that I would much rather take a flyer on. But, you know, I'm maybe more youth oriented than some mass fans out there. Um, but Hey, look, I mean, at the end of the day, um, if we're looking at an optimistic side of this composite, will at least come in and bring um, some playmaking. Yeah. Um, he'll, he'll put probably three assists on the top 100 assists at the end of the season. So yeah, <laughs> that, that's the one positive. Yeah. So, you know, obviously we'll see what actually ends up happening, but this is just the current situation as it stands. So kind of intrigued to see how this, revolves going forward but nothing as of 12 48 p.m central time on um october 12th is official yet so next up um let's go ahead and get into the two-way situation so obviously let's we're penciling in composite in this last roster spot which in all likelihood seems like it's going to happen and um, that leaves uh one two-way slot available for the mavericks after that but um you know given mckinley right the fourth has said a really good training camp and what have you um it, it seems like poor reported, especially by a lot of European sources, that Tyler Dorsey might be getting cut from the Mavericks um, after this training camp is over um, and his two-way contract being rescinded. Um, so what are your, I guess, immediate thoughts on that? And who do you think, um, you know, 
if Tyler Dorsey's going, um, who would be the two two-way guys for the Mavericks? And do you think Tyler Dorsey still has a chance to stick around? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I really think this Friday night game against the Utah Jazz in Utah might be for his NBA career. Um, because it, it, it all, all signs are pointing towards him getting cut by the end of the week. Uh, and a lot of I know a lot of European teams are probably I, I feel like he's probably going to be a top free agent in that Euro, like uh, the Euro League or whatever it is. Um, I guess just how much credence, you know, I mean, it's it's fair to say, like, he, he's played an underwhelming amount or an, an underwhelming like he, he hasn't played good, basically. Uh, and for that reason alone, like, why take a chance on him whenever there's guys like McKinley, right? I, I don't think Marcus Bingham's – he hasn't played a whole lot, but he's played really, really good uh, in the four, like, minutes, four minutes that he did get. Yeah. <laughs> in the four minutes that he did get. Keep but going, we don't see what's going on in practice behind the scenes. So there's, there's also that lack of perspective from our situation versus what the coaching staff may have when it comes to these two-way and lower-level guys. Yeah, but – like I, I, I'd rather much take a chance. I, I think McKinley, right? I feel like he's probably a given for a two-way at this point, uh, whether it's one spot left or two spots. Um, and then look, I'd rather take a chance on Marcus Bingham. He has some upside to him. I think way more so than Tyler Dorsey does, and that that's my reason alone. Yeah. I mean, it's a two-way spot at the end of the day. So. No, and I mean, I think like McKinley Wright has like really earned that two-way spot for the Mavericks. You know, this playmaking point guard who, despite his size, is still a decent defender. You know, still needs to develop a bit of a shot. You know, but I. I mean, it's not terrible. I think that to an extent that he's earned that two-way, but you had also also remember guys that are getting cut from other training camp rosters. They can, the Mavericks can sign those guys to two ways too. So, I mean, I, I honestly think kind of, you know, I don't know how you want to kind of call it, but honestly, maybe might pencil McKinley right in for that two-way. I could see some of these other guys sticking around with the legends for sure. Um, you know, while I, out of the player pool that, you know, is left, I'd probably go with Bingham over Dorsey for sure. Um, but if, you know, we're projecting and stuff like, you know, in all likelihood, maybe a lot of these guys end up on the legends for the most part. Logie. And then maybe the Mavericks even get another two-way guy from another team. So we'll just kind of have to see how it pans out. But, um, you know, all signs, you know, just given Tyler Dorsey's play, he's kind of seemed a little just kind of shocked out there, a little hesitant. You know, obviously that first preseason game, he had two threes blocked, but he just kind of seems like he's been chucking. And, you know, for him to stick around, his offense needs to be really consistent because, you know, he's obviously a little – He's not the best defender we've ever seen. He's a you know, very average or slightly under average defender in the NBA. You know, he just doesn't have the physical tools to, you know, really stay with a lot of guys one on one, which um, is unfortunate, but it's just kind of the situation. So his offense had to be, you know, he had to come in and really, really show that he could shoot and, you know, find ways to get to the basket and even maybe show a little bit of playmaking. But needless to say, this preseason, he just hasn't done that so far. Yeah, I mean, like, he's played really, really, honestly, kind of bad. Um, I know he made a few threes late in the game against uh, Orlando. Uh, but other than that, like, I have not seen really anything. And I guess the coaching staff is uh, reiterating what we're saying here, uh, that we just really haven't seen anything good out of him. No, yeah, most definitely. Um, do you have anything in terms of the uh, the third ball in or front before we go ahead and end the pod? Because I know it's a very provocative topic for Mass fans right now, especially as we – approach the um regular season here um in one week to the day one week to um, playing the suns yeah i know i know you put a tweet out uh tail out on honestly i wouldn't mind that but come on let's bring the goat let's bring faku Kampazo. let's bring him in oh my god that's no nah, i'm just playing um <laughs> but yeah i mean like 
honestly at this point leave the roster spot open have some flexibility i feel like there i feel like there will be a trade at some point for that reason alone leave some flex- flexibility yeah but it, i mean all signs point towards composite being signed but it obviously isn't official yet so we'll have it all here for you um we'll keep covering it but you know those are our general thoughts on it um you know not pessimistic about it but definitely not optimistic about it i think we do both agree yeah yeah i I agree yeah so we'll just have to kind of see how it pans out um but we'll have it all here for you guys follow us on twitter at mainstream underscore maps rate us on apple Podcasts and spotify give us five stars if possible um and if you have any thoughts questions concerns please reach out to us we appreciate you guys for listening um we're really starting to grow and we appreciate you guys for supporting us every single day for those of you who are listening this far in the pod um, we we're really we're a week it. away from Mavericks basketball, regular season basketball. We are. You know, the uh Devin Booker revenge game, October 19th. <laughs> let's see where the let's see where the uh disgruntled and uh, discombobulated sons come in. Um at footprint center. Are they are they gonna come in and stumble this Mavericks team? <laughs> of course they will and tell them game seven was a fallacy. It was a it was just a it was just a vision, it was just a what's the word? a fluke. And, and the Suns are going to just come in and demolish us. We'll, we're going to have it covered for you guys. Um, we'll see if that happens. I, but I honestly have a pretty good feeling about it. In, yeah, in, in all. My, my feeling has become very optimistic about this first yeah. game. Pretty so, quickly here after yeah, the Suns yes. deba- debacle. Yes, in this preseason. <laughs> DeAndre Ayton. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we'll end up having all that stuff covered for you. We will be back here probably Friday or Saturday night. Uh, most likely Friday night. Uh, with another podcast for you guys. Oh, yeah, Friday night, because we have the game. Yeah, we have the game, yeah. We have the game cover. I keep forgetting, yeah, the Mavericks had a week between preseason games. It almost feels like they don't even have another game left, but because, um, <laughs> you know, they only like you to play three, but we will have that game up for you. We'll have full coverage. So we'll be here after the game on Friday night where they play the Jazz. In at, Utah. In Utah at the Vivint Smart Home. Yeah, Arena. I was like, I was yeah, like, yeah, I got this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I believe, is it a later game or is it? Yeah, it's, it's at like nine or eight. It's at nine. It's at Jazz jazz time because i know that they're like weirdly the west coast in, time they're not the west coast time they're like in the like the what in between uh, west like coast mid, yeah i know yeah we're just gonna call them midwest time the, the mountain times the mountain times yes that's what we got with denver's on and all that sort of stuff but anyhow um y'all have a good one and we will catch you in the next vlog bye bye